All right, everybody, it's uh, the Apex Vaulting Podcast. This is episode 28, and we have an amazing guest, uh, Nicole Pompey. She was an All-American in high school, placed third her senior year. She jumped 12, seven and a half. She was also a New Jersey State champ. Um, and, I mean, th- this is Nicole. I mean, tell us a little bit about your background. Like, take us through high school, like how you train, you know, where you went to college and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll kind of go from that experience, and I think that'll build off. Because we definitely want to talk about your now new, uh, uh, I guess, passion, uh, powerlifting. Because you just competed in your first powerlifting meet. But take us through high school a little bit and, and college and how you got into powerlifting at this point. Yeah, so I... My freshman year, I started pole vaulting because, like most other gymnasts that uh, play gymnastics, they, they kind of find their way into pole vault, and so I followed that trend, and I started training at Vertical Assault with, with Mike Lorick, and then I found Bronco, and because I'm a New Jersey native, and it was, uh, he's been, you've been so helpful to my career, I've what? been telling my boyfriend about uh, how you saved my butt in plenty of meets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank yeah, you. thanks for that. <laughs> but, no problem. Um, yeah, you know, trained every Sunday. I was very, very dedicated to it. Um, and then I went to the University of Massachusetts on a pole vault scholarship. It was almost a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, about my junior year of high school, I started having lower back problems. And uh, Okay. By my freshman year of college, I, I did compete the whole year, and but it was getting to the point where I couldn't even move. And by my sophomore year, I took one bad jump where my step was in, and um, and I it was a crippling jump. And that was more or less the moment where the trainers said, "No, no more." And, okay. Uh, well, wait, wait was, what exactly was the injury? Like, did you get MRIs done on your back? I did. I finally did, and it took so long because. Everybody thought it was my hip because my hips were uh, imbalanced because of the compensation from right. my back pain. Well, right, and I, I feel like a lot of people don't know that about pole vaulting too. Is that because of our takeoff, you're gonna have a little bit of imbalance too? You know, that's exactly. only natural. And that was yeah. And my right hip was I took off on my left foot, and my right hip yeah. was when I was raised. It makes sense, but uh, right. my L five is slightly uh, pushed forward, so every time I'd arch my back, it would press on the nerve and then shoot right. the pain in my right hip and my, my leg. So yeah. after the MRI, we tried all these different solutions. I was in a back brace for a while. And then the doctor was like, well, it's either you have this surgery that's 40% successful oh, wow. or you deal with it. And so I was like, well, might as well deal with it. And uh, yeah. it took me a while to get back into exercising and I gained a bit of weight in college and and then I decided to join the Marine Corps after college. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you have to be in shape for that. You can't just slouch around. But um, yeah. Well, let let's go back because you bring up also that uh, that point, like, oh, you know, you're a former gymnast, and a lot of gymnasts tend to go to pole vaulting. And maybe now, especially with with your experience through powerlifting, because you know, as we go through the podcast, I really want to go into the culture of powerlifting and how that might be able to help a lot of pole vaulters, but. A lot of people think it's like, oh, body awareness is why gymnasts are so good at pole vaulting. And I tend to disagree. And, you know, I'd like your opinion. But I always felt that a strong reason gymnasts are good at uh, pole vaulting is because they're coming in in very good physical shape. 
You know, and and I actually read a, a a quote, and I'm gonna butcher it a little bit. It's by Dr. Michael Chivers. It was posted on the West Side Barbell Instagram, and he said that skill acquisition is not about the symbolic uh, drilling uh, of of routines that are supposed to represent the skill. It's about getting physical capacity first, and then coaching and skill development can happen. You know, and I feel like gymnasts come in, they have the physical capability already coming into the sport. You know, that's, that's what I always felt helped out gymnasts. Oh, definitely. I would, I would back that a, a thousand percent. Even just, you know, looking back on my jumping days and, and looking at my competition and, uh, and for the most part, nine times out of 10, we were all technically skilled the same. We all, you know, approached vertical we moved the pole and you know everything everything fit it was just a matter of i would look at my body and i'm like wow i have a lot more muscle mass than these girls and then you're like yeah oh, then something something's got you know there, there's the variable is that i was able to go on bigger poles i was able to grip higher i was able to run faster right and people don't realize how how strength correlates correlates to speed as well and yeah um, absolutely yeah, yeah and 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 so I would definitely say that was that was the big varying factor because I mean a lot of these girls were even taller than me. That was already an advantage, but it's right, right, I right. Think the strength is just a huge a huge part of it, and gymnastics really teaches you to to be to be strong. Maybe not powerlifting strong, but definitely right. um, body like your body. Yeah, power to weight ratio is huge in gymnastics, just like it yeah. is in pole vaulting. And I mean, girls who are spending I mean, how many hours a week were you spending in the gym when you're in gymnastics? Oh God. Three and a half hours, five days a week. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, you know, you're going to be in good condition. Whereas, like, think about almost like on the reverse end, the non-gymnast who's trying pole vaulting most likely is the boy or girl that is too slow for the hundred, uh, doesn't jump far enough for the long jump, isn't that good at distance, and they get thrown into the pole vault sometimes because, well you know, maybe they can score a couple points there. It's like, well, now that's why that female gymnast comes in and she kills it because you're way stronger than that person, you know, and physically capable, you know? Because I I know a lot of times at the club, like, that's one of the things where, you know, I talk about it all the time. Like, kids come in and I'm like, well, if you can't do a pull-up, it's going to be really hard for you to get inverted, you know? Yes. You know? And it's like, if you can't, like squat maybe your body weight you're not going to be that fast either and it, and it was interesting because i i don't i don't know i well we didn't talk about this before the podcast but um the last couple of years i've been coaching the sprinters and jumpers at ramapo college and oh, like cool. yeah and for example we have this freshman girl this year her pr in the hundred is 12 3 she also just pr'd in the long jump and jumped 17 9 you know nothing crazy but those are pretty good marks and she had never lifted before she came to ramapo right And she weighed like roughly 120 pounds. The first time I tested her in box squat, she squatted like 240 or 250. So she was naturally capable of like double her body weight. Wow. Right. So it's like, I mean, now she had done a lot of track obviously before she came to Rampo, but it's like her body was capable of that kind of power without actually doing it. And so I think sometimes people forget that, yeah, sure, maybe this person or that person jumps high and they don't lift, but they probably are already naturally capable of certain numbers. I know we went one year to Akron and some of my guys were talking to Sam Kendricks, you know, and uh, for people who don't know, Sam Kendricks is multi-time U.S. champ and won the world championships this past summer and placed second indoors. Um, 
he was talking to my guys and they were like, oh, what do you do for training? Like, do you lift? And he's like, oh, well, I don't lift because I have scoliosis. Um, but he goes, but if you want, I can, I, but I can definitely squat at least 400. So now think about that without training it, he's still capable of a, a squat. That's probably like, yeah, it's over double his body weight. Cause I think he weighs 170, you know? So it's like, he, he already has the prerequisite physical capabilities to be successful in the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess going back to the gymnastics thing, that's why I think like, a lot of times gymnasts are successful, you know? Oh, definitely. I would, I would back that a hundred percent. What did you also notice? I mean, this is something I noticed. Did you ever notice that sometimes the longer some gymnasts stayed away from gymnastics that they actually got worse in the pole vault too? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you don't have to name names or anything like that. That's not what I'm asking, but yeah. I mean, and why do you think that happened? Maybe you want to explain that. You know, um, well, yeah, I, I mean, gymnastics itself is, 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 is a really great sport for strength and body awareness. And, and you almost still got to keep in touch. It's just like, like I play an instrument for a living and it, you know, it's just okay. like playing an instrument. Um, you know, you just, you got, you have to, you have to practice even your, your, um, your fundamentals right. every single day before you can even try something more difficult or improve on something more technically and yeah and when you when you back out on the fundamentals like you know you were just saying then then nothing is going to fall into place if your body doesn't know how to how to perform with with the fundamentals it's constant constant reminders every single every single time you you work out every single time you practice so going back to your roots is always really important yeah and and i would say too it's like when you know, let's say a girl came from gymnastics and now she's been two, three years away from gymnastics and she hasn't put that, that strength work in. Well, now she's getting weaker and slower. You know what I mean? Like, I almost feel like there's a curve. It's like, there's the technical curve in pole vault, like you're learning technique, but there's sometimes the physical capability is going down. And at some point you hit a breaking point where now the athlete's going to start jumping less, you know? Oh yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. So, so, okay, so now let's go back. Like, you know, you were, you were talking about your college experience. You hurt your back. You're not jumping anymore. You joined the Marines. But, like, how did you get into powerlifting? And do you feel like powerlifting is easier on your back? Or, you know, is this something that maybe after your powerlifting experience now, had you known what you know now, is that could you have worked through your back issues? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I definitely learned how to how to live with uh, with my injured back. Uh, so I never knew that I broke my back. We'll keep that a secret. Podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, that, it was it was it was a culture in the Marine Corps, and, and that's that's kind of how I got started on it. Uh, okay. Every everyone was doing it, and I was I missed that thrill of, of competing because the last time I yeah. done that was my freshman year of college, and I was just so envious of people competing and. And that high you get, and and, yeah. uh, and and so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just give this a go. And uh, and I was nervous about my back. I definitely was, but I I learned. I, I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of research. A lot of videos. And um, it, it's all just a matter of proper technique. And as long as you have the equipment, like I always when I go heavy, I always lift the belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I you know I have my lifting shoes, and I always warm up light and do a ton, a ton of again those fundamentals. Yeah, I'm doing a ton of warm ups to make sure that everything is right before I keep adding on weight. Yeah, and and honestly, 
my attack is, is the least of my worries. Even with squat, I, I thought I'd be, you know, that it, it, I thought it would be bad, but uh, relying on relying on those fundamentals has been great. And uh, yeah, I guess I wish I'd known about it sooner. To be to be honest, I don't know how if I knew about it in college, I don't know how far along I would be right now because yeah, I'm already. I feel like I'm already making leaps and bounds with it just by all the Well, research. yeah. I mean, you know, I think the numbers that you already hit, and we were talking about it before the podcast, your first powerlifting meet, I, I think, went awesome. You did a 308 deadlift, 255 squat, and a 175 bench. I mean, those those are great numbers, you know? Thanks. And, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, obviously, powerlifting, just like pole vaulting, is just something that the longer you keep at it, the better those numbers are going to get as long as you want to push them. And like you said, like as long as you do it properly, you're fine. I mean, I, I almost hate to admit this to you, but um, I know the first year that I really started lifting and, and pushing my numbers and I've never competed just cause I mean, one, I really just don't have time for it. There's never a good time of year for me cause <laughs> I have so many athletes that I'm coaching, but you know, I, the first year I seriously deadlifted, I think I sprained my back four times. No. So, yeah, but I'm like crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'll sprain my back a little bit and then I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep going. And then I really sprain it. And then it's like I'm to the point where it's like if I go to pick up a chair, it hurts, you know? <laughs> um, but like what I always tell people too is like sometimes it's like you have to almost fail to figure out where that line is, you know? It's like so now I really know I have a firm grasp on like, okay, like I, you know, I'm going to hurt my back if I keep going. Or I also know it's like, all right, you're being a baby. You need to suck it up and do this now. You know, it's like I know where that line is, you know. Um, and, again, I don't recommend anybody spraining their back four times to learn that line. But definitely like you <laughs> talked about, it's like holding proper positions, also doing the right auxiliary exercise to strengthen your back and, you know, just do all that. That helps you get through that. And like what you're saying, like I don't know. Have you done a reverse hyper yet? No. Okay, so reverse hyper again, that's a West Side Barbell thing. But um what uh Louis Simmons from West Side Barbell, he actually they the doctors had told him that they were gonna have to do a spinal fusion. Oh, yeah, that was the type of surgery they would have recommended for me. Yeah. They would have put a rod, like a little metal rod in my yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really glad you didn't do that. But um <laughs> Yeah, but like they were recommending that to him and then he would never be able to power lift for the rest of his life. And so his thing was like, screw that, like I'm not doing that. And so he invented this machine called a reverse hyper. If you can imagine it, it's kind of like a table that you lay your belly on and you grab at these handles and then where, where your legs hang off the table, right? Like your hip, hip crease okay. would be at the end of the table. Your legs hang down. There's a strap and there's a pendulum swing with your legs. And so when your legs go down, it's actually traction. It pulls at your vertebrae. And then on the way up, it strengthens your lower back muscles. Yeah, yeah. And so th this is a really great machine. I mean, it, it, you got to try to find out somewhere near you that you can use one. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. But like, so I mean, what happens is like your vertebrae, they need to go up and down. And then every time they get like stretched, like you get traction, that's when fluid gets shot into the disc. And that's how it regenerates, you know. But that's why sometimes too, like when you're standing in place for a long time, your discs are just getting smushed and they don't gets stretched out so that fluid doesn't get in and then it stiffens up and that's why your back hurts 
you know? Because I asked one of my friends, uh, Dr. Andrew Brown, he's a physical therapist, and he was a pole vulture too. I asked Andrew, I was like, Andrew, I lift all week. My back is fine. I go to one track meet for six hours, and my back is shot, you know? <laughs> and that's what he said. He's like, you're standing in place, so those discs are getting compressed, but you're not never getting traction. So that's why no fluid gets shot in, and that's why you tighten up. You know, so anyway, so this at the same time strengthens your lower back muscles plus provides traction for your discs. So it's like really, really great. I I highly recommend it. But like, yeah, there, there's stuff like that that I've done through lifting where even at the club with with my pole vultures, you know, they'll use the reverse hyper. And, you know, after a jump session, they do that. And, you know, I I have very few athletes that really complain about back pain, you know, at the club, you know. That's great. I wish I would have known about that in my days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess a, a, a couple things. One, um, I guess, well, yeah, let's start with just the culture, right? So, like, when you're lifting or even, like, your experience with the Marines, how is that different from pole vault culture? And what could you maybe take away from there that could help a pole vaulter? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are maybe some differences in the cultures uh, of the two you know, I mean, did you notice anything different? Um, I actually, I realized what this crazy is, uh, that I, I remember at least when I was competing, every pole vaulter knew every pole vaulter, and everyone would sit and talk and tell jokes and congratulate each other and give each other advice, and that's not the other thing. And, uh, in, in, in powerlifting, I actually noticed that it's a pretty tight community in, the, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to the meet, everybody was like, oh, this is your first meet. Oh, don't forget to do this. And, you know, they were, they were very helpful and it was, it was super motivating. So if you're, if you're that kind of athlete that keeps to yourself during practice and is not trying to like make connections and, and mm-hmm. just get your name out there, I mean, I definitely recommend that. Um, and, and, uh, and the thing that I, I definitely noticed in the, in the powerlifting community, especially in the Marine Corps powerlifting community, because that's even, yeah. you know, a stronger right. uh, bond is that is everybody would, uh, technique was like the biggest thing. And, so make sure on your bench, you gotta, you gotta keep your feet flat. You gotta keep your feet flat. You gotta make sure your knees are below your hips. You gotta make sure that, yeah. um, just, just the, the selflessness that I experienced through that was, was really great because, yeah, as somebody, as somebody new, uh, you don't, you don't really know all the ins and outs just yet. And, uh, you know, with the more experienced vaulters, that's, that's your time to kind of shine and, and impose some leadership and just, and, and get out there and, you know, help out, help out your friends, especially if they're new, if it's their first beat or, you know, their first big beat, tell them some yeah. tips. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's, that's definitely helpful and pushing each other. Um, you know, oh my God, she lifted this. Nah, I got, I got to beat that. You know, that, that kind of competition. And, and I, I know you see it in pole vault all the time, especially with the girls you train with. They're always pushing you. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I actually think a lot of the, a lot of the cultures parallel. Or at least from my time, you know, that's yeah. what I saw in my time pole vaulting. I don't know if it's changed in almost still a couple seven years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, but yeah, that's I guess that that those are the similar. I don't know if there's any differences in, between the cultures, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. So, I mean, I feel like. I mean, one, you were jumping at vertical when I mean, gosh, there. I mean, vertical would just be killing it everywhere. State meets, national meets, you know what I mean? Especially on the girls' side, you know? Oh, yeah. So you were in, like, I mean, even those practices, I remember, like, 
there would be those Sunday practices where it was like you, Chrissy Finkel, Abby Schaefer, you know, Michelle Favre would be there sometimes, uh, uh, Tori, oh my God. Yeah, Tori Worthen, you know, it's like those were like some jam packed practices where it's like if you weren't rapping that top bungee, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like you're getting told to come in at a different time or something, you know? And, you know, so those were really competitive practices. And that's something that, you know, I know at my club too, like I really push, you know, the competitive nature, you know, like I even like, I have some record boards and those are cool. But then like recently I started keeping a leaderboard, like for practices. So I put like grip, bungee wrapped, and then lifts. So there's a whole section of lifts so they can see who's like done the best lift this week and that. Cause like record boards, I mean, think about it. If you, bri- if there's a club record broken once or twice throughout the year, that's probably big. But this way the leaderboard is constantly changing and man, you know, does that fire the kids up? And so I think that's like, that's really different from what I feel like I notice normally with pole vault. You know, I feel like normally with pole vault, definitely friendly. I agree with you there. I think people are super friendly in pole vault, but I sometimes feel like the competitive aspect isn't there. You know what I mean? Cause a lot, I feel like a lot of the training groups aren't really groups. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's a lot of like one off things, you know, where it's like, okay, well, this person trains here, this person trains there. And I don't know how much it's a, a group. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing with powerlifting. I just feel like it's so ultra-competitive with powerlifting, you know? And I feel like in a practice session with powerlifting, it's like nobody's going to let you not go up weight. You know yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to, like, say no, you know? Um, where, I mean, now going back to pole vaulting, like, because you were kind of talking about it earlier, I mean, in pole vaulting, yeah, people may even push each other as far as the pole vaulting is concerned, but as far as training? No. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, may- maybe c- can you talk about that? Like, what do-, what do you think about, like, what what could a pole vaulter take away training-wise from the powerlifting community? I mean, whether it's workouts or just the, the, the competitive nature, you know, because I think – Pole vaulting, yes. Like, yeah, people are always trying to get on a bigger pole. People are always trying to wrap a bigger bungee. People are always trying to PR. But I feel like sometimes we're missing the training part. I mean, what, like, what do you think even are the possibilities? Like, had you known about powerlifting when you were jumping? Like, what could that have done for your career, you think? Yeah, oh gosh. Uh, I, I regret so much not having a, a scheduled, uh, individualized workout plan. Mm-hmm. For, for pole vaulting. When, when I would work out, it was just, oh, go to the gym and do some lifts and just randomly, randomly put some stuff together and same with running. And, and, and I didn't have a schedule that coordinated at all. And, um, I really, I really wish I did because that is something I, I eventually learned in the Marine Corps. I was so much stronger and leaner and faster when I incorporated and a proper, a proper resistance and cardio um, workout. And yeah, I'm yeah. Studying, yeah, I'm studying for my personal training certification right now. And uh, awesome. that's one thing they harp on so much is the fact that, like, cardio isn't enough or resistance isn't enough. If you want total fitness, it needs to be the best of both worlds. And yeah. I, did, I definitely wish I had that. Um, definitely wish I had that then. 
what well, was the first part of the question? <laughs> well, well just, just going off of what you just said, too, it's like that's really interesting, too, because it's like I don't think enough people respect the fact that it's like, sure, you can strength train, you can do cardio, but you really need to be doing both and figuring out how to fit that in to really push your numbers and push your physical capacity even further. Like, I mean, look, even even with lifting, you could just lift, but it's like if your cardio is terrible – I mean, you're going to be panting after one set of lift, you know, in squat, and you're not going to be, you're going to have to take a longer recovery period between sets. So you're really, you're going to end up getting stuck and not be able to push your squat up if you don't have any cardio, you know? Exactly. And it doesn't have to be just the running three miles or running five miles. Like that, in a sense, almost reverses the work you do in right. power lift, you know, because your body's taking energy from fat and muscle, blah, blah, blah. You don't right. get into the details. But, um, you know, sprints, sprints are so underrated. And, yeah. and, uh, and I really think that that is, is something that can really help you out. And even when I trained for my three-mile test in the Marine Corps, I never ran long distance. I ran, I ran long sprints. I yeah. would do 800s, 400s, 200s. Right. In, you know, different capacities. And, and that alone, sprints are so important. And I think that can really supplement a weightlifting program. And like you were saying, that, that's the difference between somebody that can, you know, take, take a jump and then be panting vice, jump a whole meet and not sweat. Right. Uh, right. And well, and it, it's funny too, like, I, I feel like people don't understand the science end of it enough. When it comes to pole vault, like think about all the information we're talking about right now with powerlifting and, and just training in general, like we're really getting to the sciencey part. You know, it's like you have to mix all these different, uh, training, uh, modalities to get a complete athlete who can really perform beyond their, their natural means, basically, you know? And I, I mean, I, I was talking about it just today, uh, with a bunch of athletes. Like I, th- I think runway stuff, in the pole vault gets very confused, right? Like sometimes you'll have a kid who like they're struggling to do a seven or eight left approach, for example. And what I was talking about was like, look, let's talk about the science. The best male sprinters in the world in the hundred meters, they, their top end speed is hit at 60 meters, right? So now let's, so let's look at three lefts. Three lefts is between 30, 40 feet. So you're talking about roughly 10 meters, well, that's why a three is always easy, right? Because nobody's gonna nobody's gonna hit like nobody's that slow that they're topping out their top speed before ten meters, right? <laughs> then you look at five lefts, which is around sixty feet. So you're talking about twenty meters now. Okay, again, that's like if you're an athlete and you're on a track team and you know just doing general workouts, right? You know, not really pushing the limits. That's going to be pretty easy too. But now already at a seven left approach, which might be up to a hundred feet, depending on the athlete, mm-hmm. you're talking about 30 meters already. That's getting pretty quick. And I know like even like Renault Lavillany, for example, the men's world record holder, he'll do a 10 left when he's at his best, right? Well, you're talking about over 150 feet. So you're talking about 45 meters plus. Well, now you're getting really close to that elite male sprinter category where shocker, when Renault was having a rough year last year, he had a bump into a nine or eight. Why? He's not fast enough. Does that make sense? 
Yes, definitely. So, so now it's like now going back to like what you were talking about with, with training. It's like, yeah, if you're not doing some sprint workouts, if you're not lifting and pushing those numbers, like think about, I said, but like my, my freshman girl at Rampo, she weighs 120 pounds without even doing a weight training program, which obviously she's stronger now, but like she was able to squat 240, 250, you know, double her body weight. Well, if you're struggling at a six or seven left approach, what do you have to do then? You gotta work. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta push your body and, and, and you know, improve it. And, the, and how you can't push your, you know, you gotta keep pushing the limits with distance or with, with sprints. And you gotta push the limit. You gotta gain muscle. You need to push the limit with lifting. You need to set your body. The body only grows through resistance. Right. And, yeah. And that's, then that's how, that's how you have to do it. That's just, that's the nature of the beast. You can't just be working at, you know, a moderate, moderate uh, workouts where your heart rates aren't getting up there, where you're not feeling like you're going to puke in a sense. Like, that's right. the only way your body gets better is by pushing it. Yeah, well, so, you know, again, going off of that, what you're saying, it's like, that's where I feel like in the pole vault culture, we get so bought into technique. I'm sure you've been there. Mm-hmm. You maybe just felt like if you just got a, if you just got it right, you know what I mean? Like, if you could just do this a little bit better, if Mike would just watch a little bit more closely, <laughs> like, you're going to PR. Instead of looking, well, wh- how can I work harder? You know, like you said, it's like, dude, if you, look, if you throw up for the right reasons in a workout, that means you really nailed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, whereas in powerlifting culture, I mean, I mean, I'm sure maybe you could tell us a story. I mean, like, I'm sure you can give an example where it's like, you in powerlifting culture, you have to push your body. It's unacceptable not to, you know. Oh yeah, I, funny story. Um, yesterday, I started uh, at a new at a new powerlifting gym. And okay. It's, it's specific. It's called Texas Strength Systems. Okay. The gym is huge. It's got like four different rooms and like fifty racks. It's it's awesome. Everything yeah. here in Texas. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I was, I'm starting a new strength program. I took off all last week because the meet was a week ago and, okay. uh, I just did light stuff and then I'm getting back into the heavy stuff. I want to compete in about six weeks again. So I'm starting this, uh, this strength program, uh, from starting strength by Mark Ripito. Great. Okay. Great, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a uh, big name. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I was doing the math and I'm like, okay, I need to do this amount for my bench. And I had to do five reps of it and I got, to the fourth rep, and then it it couldn't come up on my chest, and I was like, yeah. "Oh no!" And some random person ran over and had to save me, and it was very embarrassing. But you know, that was how I knew. I was like, "Okay, that's my limit. I yeah. I can only do X amount of reps at this weight, and, and mm-hmm. you know what? I gotta I gotta maybe bring it down by ten pounds, set that resistance, keep doing that, and then my body will eventually be able to do that that next weight. It's just." It's, yeah, it's a matter of, of knowing yourself, but also being able to push your body to the limit in a safe way, in a safe way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, right, and then but, really but you know, that. and, and here's the thing with powerlifting. Sure, there's technique. Don't get me wrong. And I'm, I'm very big at the club, like teaching kids proper lifting technique. But at, at a certain point, if you don't put the work in, you won't lift any heavier weight. No. That's exactly. it. Exactly. And yeah. that's my, my boyfriend was preaching this to me because on my old, on my old, uh, weight lifting program, it was just 
do X amount at 90% or like, you know, 80% or 70%. It right. never, like with this new program, it's you do this workout, you know, for a week and then you add five pounds and you keep adding five pounds until your body cannot do five more pounds. And, right. and that's, and yeah, like I was saying, you know, stressing your body is the only way it, it, it can improve. And, and that's, yeah, that's that's the only way to get better. Well, right, and and I, I feel like people don't understand, you know, that term stress, especially in the pole vault community. Like we, I think we always think of stress as a negative. And sure, if you have too much stress, your body can get hurt, right? But it's like we have to provide some form of stress in order for our body to adapt and get stronger. You know, yes. and so without enough stress, it's like, look, if you're doing a workout and it's not hard, you're not going to get better. You're just not. You can't. You're you going can't. Through the motions. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. Maintaining. That's all you're doing is you're maintaining. Yeah. So I mean, that that's where people don't realize the importance of that. And I mean, look, I I've been very fortunate. You know, I I feel very lucky that I have the athletes that I have who who love to like buy in and do what I tell them to do. But like I, you know, we were talking about before we started the podcast. You know, I have these three girls. Well, two of them are five foot one. The one is five two. Um, but like, they're, they're tiny girls. They weigh like 110, 115 pounds. I mean, the one has deadlifted 305. She did sumo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, the other girl, Sydney, she's single leg squatted 225, you know? And, um, the 305 girl is Amanda Katz. Just, I don't want to get mad that I didn't name her. Uh, but, you know, it's like, that's the reason those girls too, like, their runways are very, very, Good. Like those girls all did eight left approaches. This wow. indoors. Yeah, yeah. And I mean they were hitting good mids, like between forty three and forty five, you know? Um yeah. and I tend to keep the run a little bit more open than most. Like I'm you know, that's where like me and Mike could probably argue a little bit. Mike would probably have them in a little bit tighter than that, but I'm trying to really open up the stride and max out the speed. But um you know, it's like that's why, because those girls are putting the physical work in and if if they didn't they wouldn't be coming close to the numbers they're hitting pole vault wise. Oh, no. And and the thing is, if anybody wanted to ask me, I could just point to their freshman years when they weighed ninety five pounds and they were jumping nine six instead of eleven and eleven seven. You know, and so it's like that's that's the thing. It's like I've seen what that kind of work can do to an athlete like that. You know, and even um, I mean, you remember Michelle Favre, of course, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michelle, she was, she was at a body weight of 125 pounds. She did single leg squats at 200 pounds. So, you know, and that's why she ended up jumping on a 13, 7, 55 or 60 when she jumped 13, 9 and three quarters, which was yeah. dramatically improved from what she did in high school. I mean, she only jumped 12, 1 in 12 high school. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it, and that was a lot of it was just the physical work that we did you know, while she was in college, you know, and I, I feel like something in the powerlifting world, like you see how important those numbers are, you know, and, you know, I'm sure too, you have some auxiliary lifts where you're like, all right, well, I got to get this auxiliary lift higher if I expect my bench to get higher, you know, oh, it's like, yeah. you know, so it's like you see those connections and you have to kind of follow the numbers where I think sometimes, again, going back to the pole vault, I feel like sometimes people are like too reliant on the technique, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely, I was definitely in that one tunnel, one, you know, tunnel vision, one track mind type mentality. Never thought strength was it, uh, you know, a, a way I could up my jump. Yeah, well, I, I remember in particular, I remember Cello talking to me 
that there was like the, the one indoor nationals. I don't remember what year it was. It might have been junior year where you had a little bit of tough indoors. Oh, I know how to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what I mean, maybe tell us about that. Like, because, you know, you had a rough indoors. And the thing is, outdoors, you end up winning the state championship. So what what did Cello talk to you about? You know, what did Mike say to you that changed outdoors? You know, how did you go from a no height indoors to outdoors winning the state title? Uh, um, it was a lot. I was, that was definitely a mental game uh, for me. Luckily, that indoor season, it, you had the, you had the uh, New Balance Nationals, and like the day after, you had the Nike mm-hmm. Nationals. So thankfully, I didn't know how to that one. I still didn't jump so hot, but uh, but I didn't know how to that one. But um, just uh, you know, she she definitely was just like you know, just do what do what you know how to do. And again, talking more or less talking about those fundamentals, just like don't overthink it. Just you know. Uh, rely on your training, which, you know, maybe she didn't say those exact words, but that's yeah. paraphrasing, right? So, you know, rely, rely on your training and rely on your fundamentals and, and you know, you're going to push yourself. And actually that meet, you know, I had never jumped 12-6 before until until that meet. Um, yeah. And I just remember I was having such a good time and uh, I wasn't even, you know, it's, at, at that point you can't think about technique. You just, you just do. You just perform. Right, yeah, time. yeah, absolutely. And, that's definitely, again, kind of correlates to the powerlifting thing. When I got to my meet, I wasn't like, I got to think about my hips getting low here. I got to think about the bar being here. I got to think about this. It was just blasting music in my ears, pulling out the headphones, going up there, squat, done, next. And yeah, uh, and yeah I think that's definitely the relying, relying on your training and relying on your fundamentals and, 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 knowing, and knowing your strength and just knowing the, the confidence. Because you know, great training uh, builds your confidence, and I think it all—it all definitely correlates. Yeah, with each well, other. well, and and it's funny. And just to clarify for the people that are listening, um, so like the meet that uh, Nikki's talking about is outdoor meet of champs. She PRs, jumps twelve six, but indoors at nationals, you had a rough day. And I even remember Cello telling me she was like, "Yeah, I just I feel like you know Nicole has to just keep." training, getting a little bit better shape, you know, she's got to get a little bit faster. And so even back uh, then, you know what I mean? Like, she did tell me that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I remember that. Cause I remember being like, dang, I'm fat. <laughs> 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 well, yes, it, wow. well, and, and it's so funny. The other thing too, I think that's so huge is like, even this, you saying it like that, you're like, Oh yeah. All right. I, I needed to get in shape. And it's like, sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves. We're, we're looking at our performances and we're questioning like, oh, what, what happened? Why couldn't I get on this pole or why couldn't I do this? And it's like, dude, I just got to work harder, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and I feel like that's sometimes something that's very tough in the pole vault community. I think people like to dance around the issue, but I thought that was pivotal. You know, Cello talked to you and was like, look, like you just got to train harder. You got to get in better shape. And, and you did, and you got rewarded for it. You PR'd and won the state title, you know? Yeah, I, and, and my priorities were, were spread very thin in the fall because, like I said, band nerds, so multi-band mm-hmm. and uh, fall play, and yeah, my, my mind was not entirely on pole vault, and it was on theater practice with pumpkin spice lattes, like, <laughs> and, and that, you know, and that alone, like, I always remember joking about gaining weight in the fall and losing it all in the spring because <laughs> yeah. of that same mentality. I know I wouldn't work out every day in, in the fall, and yeah. I didn't realize... 
until it took me till college to be like, wow, yeah, look at the pictures of you back in high school in the fall. Like you could see it in your face in the vice of the spring. Yeah. Where, you know, pole vault was life and track practice every day was life. And yeah, you don't realize how much, you know, training, you know, how, how, how much training you need to do to keep your body constantly in shape and to keep improving your strength. Yeah. I, you know, and the thing is, that's where too, it's like, again, going back to like this idea of pole vaulting culture versus powerlifting culture, you know, it's like, you know, you mentioned like your new gym, you know, you're with, uh, Mark Ripito. Did I pronounce it right? Uh, uh yeah, I, I, he's not there. But, but uh, no, no, but like you're using his training program, yes, you know, yes. and it's like, it, you know, I feel like in the strength world, it's all encapsulating. You know, they talk about everything because everything matters. You know, I've read countless articles too where they just talk about sleep. You know, it's like your central nervous system, your CNS is not going to be firing if you're not getting sleep. You know, whereas in oh, the yeah. track world and the pole vault world sometimes, I, you know, I've heard so many times where people are like, ah, you know what? Why don't you just take a month off, relax, come back fresh? And it's like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen in a month? It takes four days to lose muscle mass. Like, what do you think is going to happen in a month? You know, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so, so that's the thing that I think is crazy. And like you said, you would go through the fall, not realizing that it's like, okay, like I didn't train as hard. And like you mentioned the pumpkin spice lattes, you know, it's like, whatever. And it's like, you know, it's like, well, that's bad math. We did less training, more calories and not good calories. What's going to happen? You know, cause I, I like, like you're talking about, it's like, even for me, like I know it's a struggle, you know, towards the end of indoor track and towards the end of outdoor track with all the meets and the traveling that I have to do. That's very tough for me. I have to be really like to get through those like discipline, you know, it's like if I travel, I have to go hit up, you know, Walmart and get like some healthy food and not just eat out all the time with the team. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I, you know, cause otherwise I'm going to lose too much. And it's like, if nothing else, I, you know, I hate it, but I'll use the fitness center in the hotel and just get by with some circuits if I have to. But it's like, I know it's like once the season's over, that's where I have to work my butt off, you know, all summer to kind of like gain anything that I've lost, you know? But it's yeah. like you, you have to do that. And for an athlete, yeah, you have to stay on top of it. If you, if you take a season off, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, you're literally, you literally start from ground zero. Like that's. Yeah. yeah you, you're not, you didn't preserve anything. You lost everything you had except for just whatever natural body talent. Right. You had possessed. Well, and, and you know what I think is like sometimes what people don't realize if they're in a good system and they've done more than what is nat their natural ability, right? Like they've built themselves up. Oftentimes, how many athletes they'll come in, whatever their PR is. Let's say it's like a, a boy who jumps 14 and they're training their butt off to jump 14. Now they take a whole season off. They come back. They might be jumping 12, 6, 13 when they come back. And they're going to have to work all year just to get back to 14. And what they don't realize is that continuous training. Because I know even with Michelle, it was like when she was in college, I mean, there was no off season. I mean, she was training year round to keep continually building off of those numbers and keep the PRs going. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And that, and that doesn't even have to, like, focus on technique. Right. If, if, you know, if you can't get to a pole vaulting gym in the summer, all right, yeah. then – Summer's the time where I'm going to beef up and get stronger, get lean and get fast. And then at yeah. least you're doing something to improve. No, exactly. I mean, I know in the summers, Michelle maybe wouldn't jump as much. Like she would even go to like beach vaults and run from a three or a four, you know, just kind of have fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's like, 
but she was lifting, you know, she was doing her training to make sure that she was fast, you know, once we, we really started getting going for the season, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like a lot of times that's the thing that's kind of lost in, in, in the pole vault event because it's so technical and it's a beautiful event, right? Like if, if you watch a nice jump and I, I often joke with Mike Lorick, I'm like, Mike, we're like almost like wine snobs in pole vault, you know? <laughs> You know, it's like, we'll watch a jump, like, oh, that's not good. I don't like that vintage. Like, you know, it's like, let's yeah. go to another one. But it's like, you know, it's a beautiful event. But the thing is, we sometimes forget how important the physical end of it is, you know? Exactly. Um, what else were you going to say? Well, I mean, I feel, I feel like we talked about the physical end of it a lot. Um, what about, like, you know, just, you know, and again, we don't have to, like, name names or anything like that, but, like, what do you think about, like, let's say, you know, you went from vertical assault, you know, great club, Mike's a great coach, and now, you know, you're looking at the college scene. What, what is your feeling or, you know, impression of what you see out there, like, at the college level, like, coaching-wise, you know? Uh, at least where I, I went to college, there wasn't any, you know, specific pole vault coaches. It's a call out the situation you're in, you know, where, mm-hmm. where you're the everything guy, where you're, you're mm-hmm. the field guy, yeah. whatever. Um, and the thing I did actually notice, uh, contrary to, to high school, yeah. especially, and, um, and, you know, contrary to, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, Mike's incorporating strength into his, yeah. into his programs now, because, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't get that out of vertical assault, which is fine, which he yeah. was a great coach and everything was great. Um, but I did, I did have a lot of running, like sprinting workouts I had to do, and we always were at the weightlifting gym, and we had, we had workouts by the numbers based on mm. our maxes, and um, I did, I did appreciate that scene at least at, at, at yeah. the University of Massachusetts where I went. Um, my my coach, who's now the main coach there, uh, mm. David David Jackson, he. Uh, he really focused on our workouts and even if he couldn't help us out in terms of, of technique, he was always making sure that we were getting stronger, we were getting faster. And, um, and even during the summer would give us workouts. He's like, do these workouts. I'll, you know, in the fall, I'll see if you, if you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could tell, you could tell the girls that were like, they didn't practice or they didn't right. work out as much as they should have. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was, it was really evident. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely did appreciate that in terms of in terms of coaching um mm-hmm. like i said the technique part eh, not so much you know i didn't yeah. jump so hot in college but um but yeah i definitely i definitely appreciated the different strength workouts that i that i received yeah well and and you know i feel like that's sometimes uh, you know the issue is like there there's a gap sometimes in one or the other you know, yes. I feel, you know, it's like, I feel like there, there's sometimes, you know, the programs that are great strength and conditioning wise, but maybe technically not there and then vice versa. You know, there's like some programs that maybe technically they're there, but then strength and conditioning, they're not there. You know, it's like, I, you know, I'm amazed that's how many people in the pole vault community still don't maybe regard strength and conditioning as highly as they should, you know? Okay. Um, and then on like, you know, on the other hand, there's a lot of situations where there's just not a lot of good technical coaching. And and think about it, it's like I you know, I know a lot of people don't use mid marks, and I'm not saying you have to, 
But it's like, oh my god, like, mid-marks are huge. That's how you can stabilize someone's run and keep an eye on it, you know? like Instead of waiting till their takeoff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because think about how much steering you could do to takeoff to hit the same takeoff mark. You know, it's like, if you're out, you'll just stretch it. If you're in, you'll just chop up your step. That mid-mark gives you a lot more information than just the takeoff, you know? Definitely. So, it, I don't know, it, it's just tough. It's something that I know... You know, I've had athletes go places where, you know, it was tough, you know, and then I've been really fortunate that, you know, some of my athletes have taken my advice and gone to places where I know there's a good situation and they flourished, you know, and, and that's made all the difference uh, to them, you know? Yeah. So, oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, is there anything else that maybe you wanted to bring up that I didn't bring up? Oh goodness. Uh- don't take the don't take the training for granted. I guess for you know for people that work with you. I mean, you know what's up, and <laughs> and uh, you know props and kudos. And there definitely need to be more coaches uh, like you that that are more cognizant about the 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 physical abilities vice just just the technical. And I guess yeah, just preaching that. Weightlifting isn't going to make you ugly in terms of gaining oh muscle my God. or doing this. Yeah. There's no, there's no negative consequence. It's like I can't, I can't think of one negative consequence from from properly training with weightlifting. Well, yeah, it's it's like uh, they always have like memes and stuff, right? It's like it's like uh, lifting isn't going to make you bulky. Pizza makes you bulky. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. Come on, I, you know, and I always, I always tell like, especially like girls that are concerned yeah. with like lifting. I always tell them like, look, any guy that isn't gonna like you because you have a little bit of muscle, you don't want to be dealing with that guy anyway. You know what I mean? Like, come on, that's just silly, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, again, I think the training aspect is is huge, and that competitive nature that you get from the training aspect is so important. And when you have the training and the technique kind of in line, it allows you to kind of uncover problems. Like, like think about it, even your junior year, you know, it's like if cello doesn't come up to you after indoors and say, Hey man, you got to get, get to training a little bit more. Maybe you don't PR outdoors, you know, but it's like, that was like cello knew to say that to you. You know what I mean? Whereas like how many other coaches were like, Oh, well, if we just work on this technique a little bit more and it's like, okay, it's not just that. It's not just that, you know? So, but, um, I want to thank you again for doing this. I think this was great. I hope you enjoyed doing it. Oh, my pleasure. It's so good to bring back the old days that I could say the old days now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for everybody who's listening. Um, You know, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll see you next time. Great.